That talks every week, every single week, about David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week, we are all the way up to Season 7, Episode 7, entitled Small Sacrifices. And uh, let's talk about the small sacrifice I'm making here for your mother. Uh, Now, you'll note that today, it's not Coke Zero. It's coffee. And uh, you want to know why? It's because we are recording this at 10.42 in the a.m. Jesus, I've been awake for about 20 minutes. Yeah, mm. it's early. Uh, we're going... So my mom, a forget, forgetful lady, she has... Uh, uh, she doesn't drive anymore. And one of my son duties is to take her to her doctor's appointments uh, because it used to be that I had a flexible uh, job and schedule. Less flexible mm. these days, Uh but my brothers and sisters and wife have to go to a location to work. Uh, I don't. Yeah. And so de facto, I still have to do this. Long story short, she f- remembered to tell me about a, a doctor's appointment today at 2. Unfortunately, she lives 45 minutes away. So mm-hmm. everything had to change for a 15. Yeah. What <clears throat> will be, it's a wellness check. So it's going to be a 15-minute right. doctor's appointment. Yeah. But my well, entire day has been blown up. And uh, yeah. And, and so is yours, pe- that takes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> vis-a-vis, vis-a-vis, your day yes, is fucked. Yes, indeed. And actually, my <laughs> mother's not feeling well right now, too. So I hope you feel better when you hear this, Mom. Yeah, uh, me too. Now, speaking of uh, small sacrifices that I'm making for you and your family, uh, we are beginning I thought you were about to ask me a favor on air in front of everybody. But <laughs> <laughs> that's where that was going. I'm glad it's not. That is exactly what I, that's true. I, you know, the, the problem is I, I rarely need something from you. But when mm. I do, I will definitely ask you on air. Uh, but we are embarking this week on uh, what crucible, should be, some would say. It, it should be pretty harrowing for us. Uh, less so for you. I mean, if you're already, if you're still listening at this point, like harrowing is your breakfast. Mm. So, uh. But we are embarking on a marathon binge. Uh, what would you What would you call it? Some sort of a uh, punitive self harm task of recording four episodes of each show 
over this a week, week period. Yeah. Because uh somebody uh wants to go do schmerzy schmoys on a schmip uh somewhere yeah. in Schmurup. Yeah. So, well, you know uh, what? It's not even that. That's the fun part. It's to go on a ship right now, you have to there is so much intricacy. Tests have to be perfectly scheduled so that they reach certain deadlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, all paperwork has to be aligned. There are online surveys to fill out. There are things, let alone trying to remember how to sing. Oh, Keith, because right. There's that. What what people on the show know of my vocal talents is a very comical <laughs> slant. However, I have to go sing the lead on this ship, and mm-hmm. I had I don't sing anymore. Uh, so remembering how to do these things physically is, uh, I don't have a lot of time to do all the things I need to do. And I stay up too late playing Far Cry 6. Um, mm-hmm. and I've also watched the new Halloween, Keith, in honor of you and, uh, yes! your Halloween watching the, the released on Paramount Plus. No, that's a lie. Uh, Peacock. 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 In yes. maybe the worst titled Halloween thing of all time. Do you know what their like Halloween, uh, curated, uh, collection is called? Uh, I've used it a hundred times. I don't read, so. Peacocktoberfest. Yes, yes. Peacocktoberfest. Look, somebody, <laughs> some like intern, they had a meeting about that. And they're like, yes! Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Print. Save. Go to. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, for sure. And, uh, look, I'm going to circle back and then we'll get back into Halloween uh, about about Mike singing on the podcast. Oh, right. Uh, I've I've always said this. That in order to sing that badly, in order to parody something really well, you actually have to be good at it. So you you can't be that bad without being that good. So I I firmly believe that it's like... By the time we finish this uh, binge fest, I will I will get to the nuggety center of that compliment and find the compliment. (laughs) Look, you can't. No, I mean, think think about it this way, right? You're an Olympic ski jumper. To be as bad jumper. as this guy, you gotta be good. <laughs> okay, so you know, back in the '80s, they had uh, the intro to the wide world of sports on ABC, yes. and it began with the ski jumper just exploding, yeah. just going in there, and then just like it was horrible. We were probably watching somebody literally die on their screen. It was horrible. Uh, but in order to get to the point where you explode in a pile of snow and limbs, you have to be a pretty damn good skier. In order to get up to the top of the thing, ski all the way down, and then crash into a ball of flames. So our, you can't our, our like I couldn't to do that. that. I could. I'm sure he's fine. They wouldn't do that. I, I, I. There's no way I could possibly crash that bad because I could never get going that fast on skis. In order to find your way down the podcast carousel to be an avid listener of this podcast, <laughs> you must be one hell of a listener of podcasts. I mean, you have to have stamina. You have to have uh, a lot of free time. You have to hate yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's great. Anyway, Keith, I know back this to is Holland. our other show. One more thing we just have to yeah. talk about. Okay. Uh, William Shatner at this juncture of our lives, yeah. we do another. Sh- show on podcast on the show whatever show youtube show on the channel whatever we do i don't know anymore (laughs) (laughs) uh discussing trek Mm -hmm. and uh you know william shatner's 90 years old and he went to space last week keith and i feel like we needed to at least take a moment to like reference that yeah no he sure like real space in a penis 
Real space in a penis. Uh, yeah, no, That's I mean... That's a thing that happened. How do you parody anything anymore when just life and the world is doing it for you? When 90-year-old William Shatner goes to space on a penis. Yeah, no, I I mean, my goodness. Uh, Shatner continues to shat in the most spectacular ways always. Uh, but then and, he's been so moved by it. Like, I don't know if you've seen any of his interviews post. He mm-mm. is speaking so eloquently... And he's been so moved by what he refers to as the fragility of the 50 miles of earth skin that he penetrated in the penis. Uh, to hear him speak of it is, mm-hmm. he, he does it with like this this sincerity and this poetry that belies the sheer, just lifelong parody that he is, that I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, at some point, a sustained self-parody completes the circle back into being serious. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's uh, it's it's remarkable. Well, uh, congratulations to that. Uh, and uh, your uh, CEO, Jen, sent us a meme of him holding a sign saying, suck it, Picard. I, I, I don't know if that's real, but I, it I should be. sincerely hope that it would be. Uh, and you know that... Mm. Uh, our, our good friend Jean-Luc Picard will not let that stand. And nor should he. Uh, all right. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, Halloween movies. We have now... We watched Halloween Kills and all of the Halloween movies. We have it ranked. We are now seven movie or eight movies into the Friday the 13th series. And so we watch one every night and then we rank them all over again. Uh, so we, we should maybe do a special episode ranking. Oh, that's fun. Listen, listen, let me real quick. I won't no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. Not that it matters. Mm-hmm. They're all the same movie. But Jamie Lee Curtis, she just filmed all her scenes in like a half hour. Right. And like that. She was not really affiliated with any part of that shoot, was she? Well, you know, she's a she, bottle episode inside of a movie. She is a bottle episode inside of a movie. I mean, I thought she did a good job, but but yeah, she it, well, they sort of did a soft reboot of Halloween 2 where she's in the hospital the whole right. time. So, uh spoilers, sorry. Uh but uh yeah, anyway, we uh, we actually really liked it. We liked uh, in, in in our rankings actually. Uh the Did last you? two we put the we put the last two in 2 and 3 in our rankings after the wow. first one. Yeah, the last one prior to this was pretty good, I thought. Like I yeah. thought he did a great job catching the spirit. This one I felt like they tried Nair has a movie tried so hard to make a like societal statement and failed so miserably. Although I have to give credit to Michael C. Hall, who like is pretty badass in this movie. His his character's ridiculous, but yeah, yeah. He, well, I mean, you know, I the, they couldn't get uh, couldn't get Ant Man Tommy, so they brought yeah. back uh, uh, Dead Zone Tommy. Anyway, this is affiliated blah, blah, blah. because it's more TV. We did a more TV. There you go, folks. We, we talked did. About hey, yeah. it's we not did, well, bad. It's fun. You can watch for, it on streaming. You don't have to go to the movies, so do it. No, it was great. We watched, we like we I I forced Jillian to come down to the basement. She doesn't like coming down to the basement. And we watch it on the big screen with big sound because you know. Yeah, Jen premiere. liked it. Jen made us stay up late to watch it. I wanted to go to bed and she's like, let's watch it. And we did. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, we let going? us move forward. Now, now one of the traditions that's gonna happen during our marathon is uh as opposed to doing filings and subpoenas, because guess what? We're just like, a whole, whole mess in a row. Uh, what we're going to do is Mike is going to give you the contact info so you can talk talk to us about all 17 episodes 
Uh, and then we'll have a, a explosions of filings and subpoenas. Do you want to write episodes. to us and just share in the celebratory g- giddiness of Marla Sokolov's recent pregnancy announcement? You can oh, do yes, so. Congratulations. By sharing those on the inst- in the Insta Media Grams at Out of Practice Podcast. Or send us an email about your road trip as Phoenix Cage, moderator Phoenix Cage, continues his. And you can talk to us about what you're doing uh, this Halloween. <laughs> at out of Man, practice, you are so good at this. Out of practice podcast at gmail.com. Seven seasons, seven episodes, baby. I'm a goddamn pro. Wow. Right us. You can also do us a favor by liking and subscribing on this YouTube video, uh, whether you mean it or not. And if you want to join the jury... Do a review, but let's be let's be frank. At this point, it's an exercise in futility. No, it, it, at, at, right now that our our reviews on Amazon are on Apple Podcast, it's more like a memorial <laughs> than it is a uh, than it is a, like a reviewing system. <laughs> yeah, I know. I always make the joke in uh, in Schmerzy Schmoys when like uh, we get scant applause for mm-hmm. something like a joke or something. I always go, "Thanks, mom." And uh, unfortunately, with our YouTube reviews it, or our our podcast reviews, that's accurate. That's true. But it's uh, Keith's mom. But it's you know what? It's not Keith's mom. Keith's mom, mom, has not left us a rating Wait, and review. What? No, she has not. And here we are. We featured her on the show. She's been having a love affair with you. Uh, that's that's and, some BS right there. I'm kind of and, I'm salty. And there's no rating and review from Keith's mom, and it should definitely be left from specifically Keith's mom. Yes. Because I think that would be uh, now, appropriate. In order to like push you over, I know you're not feeling well, and in order to push you towards that uh, extra effort of your day to leave us a review, Keith's mom, mm-hmm. yeah. think about the sheer embarrassment of your grown son on his podcast having to play that music and make a big hullabaloo to welcome you to the jury, his own mom. I mean, that is the epitome of I live in the basement and I have to thank my mom on the internet. And the comedy of that is worth doing, Keith's mom. Oh, believe me, I think she feels the shame just because I have a podcast. (laughs) I think already there's plenty to go around. She has a full meal of like, what have I done? What happened? Uh, Did I do something wrong? Let me tell you, uh, I was wearing my T-shirt, my podcast T-shirt, mm-hmm. and uh, I had someone, I'll keep it vague, uh, ask me, oh, that's cool. Is that your show? I said, yeah. They're like, what's it about? And I was like, eh, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I demurred real hard. Yeah, I never mind. Like, Let's leave it at, oh, you have a show? That's cool. And a T-shirt? That's even cooler. If you want to get into the subject matter, that's going to ruin some things. So let's just let's let, it, let it ride. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. The Out of Practice podcast, the one even the hosts don't want to talk about. The one where they learned this. The one where they learned that their next show will be short. <laughs> well, I feel like that is a great segue for us to hop back into the time machine. And folks, we are going back to November seventeenth, the year two thousand and two. Holy moly! Way back then. And let's answer the important question. Mike, what was going on? This day in the basement. Why? Well, because it's a segment we do at the begin at the end of every show or the middle of every show. And, yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, there you go. Keith, I'm about to turn 41 years old here very shortly. I'll be in, in the middle of the ocean when I do so. 
But oh, so many years ago, I turned 22 years old on the 13th of November. I scoured my inbox. I scoured my one little scrapbook for a photograph of that birthday. I could not find it. But I can tell you that uh, I did come home to uh, have some festivities with my family, and that was nice. But in New York, my little New York family, we went to uh, just just the peak of poor person birthday celebrations. Mm -hmm. You know it. You love it. It's a New York staple, the 8th Avenue Chevys. Nice. It's a, it's a Mexican restaurant uh, in name alone, right. in menu alone. Mm -hmm. It is like the sparrow of Mexican cuisine, <laughs> if you will. I think that actually paints the perfect picture. Yeah. Uh, and you get, you know, those fruity drinks and you get mm -hmm. a little bit mm -hmm. drunk and you, you know, like you, you, but you, you ask if you want to share an app because you're broke. Uh, it was it was a time. It was a time. And if you ever go to New York and you've never been there listening families, go to 8th Avenue and 42nd Street, and you'd think, oh, I'm in the heart of the universe. This is the center of the universe. But what you'll learn is that when you are there, you're really just in a mall. Well, especially if you're on 8th and 42nd. Yes. You're in a mall. Also, 8th and 42nd is terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It's just terrible. But you're right next when, to Port Authority. When, when you just moved to New York, or you've only been there for a short period of time, every time, in fact, this still happens to this day, every time you get out of the subway at 42nd Street, anywhere along 42nd Street, there's mm -hmm. that little bit of flutter where you're like, it brings you back to that sort of just like overwhelmed by the fact that you like made it there. Not like Come made it, made it, but just that you got those it there. homeless feet. <laughs> <laughs> on the yeah. avenue I'm taking you to. It's actually a street. I I've never thought about for... that lyric. It's the yeah. avenue I'm taking you to, 42nd Street. Yeah. In 41, I'm this old before I realized how stupid that lyric was. Uh, Well, it's well, it's actually kind of fun because some of the confusing parts of New York is like the avenues and the streets sometimes do get mixed up and jumbled. But, you know, I was there for a rehearsal last week, Keith, and uh, what is sad about getting older and being in the business is that a lot of that magic just kind of tarnishes also i have to tell you this nugget right now i'm sorry i'm, I'm hijacking the segment. i have to tell you this nugget damn it I have, i'm in a rush and i'm just got too much to say Wait, look uh, we, we're gonna talk for about let me see uh 10 hours actually no that's not true about 13 hours when you when you do star trek so once pace again yourself. uh i've learned over seven seasons i have to keep this incredibly vague but so i once upon a time did a reading of a thing and it was bad, like mm -hmm. bad. Oh, and yeah. uh, recently, as in like very recently, there's another reading of that thing going on. Um, oh. And uh, in the in the press release or whatever that it's it's being you know people are passing around that I'm seeing on the internet or whatever it's it's like Broadway bound blah 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 yada yada yada. And I'm like me and Jen are laughing because we're like. <laughs> And Jen goes, who writes this crap? And I went, Keith writes it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, you know, actually, I know, Keith we does about it not write it. Keith gets no. it and then just posts it. That's that's right. I reformat the press release and uh, rarely do I overrule a press agent and say, no, that's not Broadway bound. Yeah. See, but we, we, we have code for that. We have 
because we we have like future Broadway, then we have future Broadway plans or targeting or mm. or aiming for. Uh, depending no chance on chance in hell. Yeah, well, those we have a code for that too. <laughs> but um, uh, anyway, yeah. I was 22 years old, Keith, in the prime of my life. I wish I had known it then that it was my prime. Uh, but you know, that's all in uh, in in retrospect. But Keith, near but a few miles away from me, mm-hmm. celebrating my 20, you could have had a drink with me at Chevy's, but instead, you were what? Well, uh, yeah. Well, first off. 22 was not the prime of your life. I would say my prime was like 31. You're right. Not the prime of my life. But but uh, I wish that I could have appreciated the amazing opportunity and the amazing kind of place in life I was at a little mm-hmm. bit more. But that's youth. Yeah. Huh, yeah, always. And, you know, let, let the lesson not be regretting not having done it in your youth, but uh, remembering to appreciate what's happening right now. Because guess what? It's only going to get worse. Yeah, so appreciate what you got now. Uh, yeah, so I actually never in my life have gone to Chevy's. But uh, what I, I did do, a mutual friend of ours, uh, who I will not name, uh, his birthday aspirations were similar, uh, but he did this much older in life. It wasn't 22 in desperation. This was friggin' intent. And scheduled his entire birthday party at the Times Square Olive Garden. All he wanted to do on his birthday was go to the Times Square Olive Garden. So uh, you want to you want a shit show? Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 bad news. Bad news. Uh, Anyway, that was it. Was fun though. Like it was sort of kitschy and fun, even though if Mm -hmm. only even if only the rest of the people knew it was kitschy. All right, uh, so what I was doing uh, was I went back into my old emails and I was uh, reading my family and actually inclusive of my ex-girlfriend from college were sort of emailing around because we were in in the run-up, as I mentioned before, to run-up to the war in Iraq, which I wouldn't start until March technically, but they were already firmly... Uh, working to, uh, uh, to to try to sell us on this. Uh, what a great idea. What a terrific idea and how natural and tied to 9-11 this would be uh, to uh, go to war with Iraq. And so my ex sent me this poster that somebody did uh, with pretty good Photoshop for 2002, mm-hmm. a parody of the uh, Attack of the Clones, a Star Wars Episode Two. Um, this, of course, if you're not seeing it on the YouTube, is a Gulf Wars episode two, Clone of the Attack, with uh, all of the major players. And so we were all uh, in my circle being uh, annoyed and ar- and uh, not arguing, being frustrated with uh, the clearly inevitable run-up to the war. Uh, I should say, uh, just out of, out of respect, uh, we lost Colin Powell this mm. very morning, um, uh, this morning our time, to uh, COVID. So uh, rest in peace. And, uh, you know, he was he was a guy who was used as their source of integrity. Um, and, uh, you know, he regretted it. And uh, he was he was duped himself a little bit. So uh, best wishes to uh, his family. So, you, you know, I, I, I uh, at that time in my life, we had a little TV in the living room that its only connection was an RGB to. Uh, a Nintendo uh, GameCube. Right. So uh, 
I didn't do a lot of reading of the newspaper, uh, and and there was no TV to be watched uh, other than like the like channels we got over the satellite, not satellite to the antenna. So uh, I was blissfully sort of not as uh, I don't know, I guess blissfully ignorant to a lot of that until uh, after the fact. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, I was working a, I mean, I'm a I'm a news and politics junkie. Obviously, everybody knows that, uh, and always have been. But I was also somebody working for eight hours a day in a temp job in front of a computer. So I had a lot of time to uh, stay up on the news because I didn't have as much. I never have as much work as uh, I'm supposed to in front of the computer. So which is why, you know, we're recording this podcast on a Monday while we've been working. Okay. Now, I think it is time to, uh, you know, we kind of zoomed out a little bit uh, talking about the war. But let's talk more about the world of 2002. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcast's This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Oh, that's late. Oh, it's late. late. It's late. The queue's late, and the two people watching this on YouTube are like, what the hell? We come here for competence. We were continuing, obviously. To be listening to Eminem's Lose Yourself. And now we're listening to a piano tutorial on how to play Lose Yourself on the piano. I think if you're doing that, you might have already. The local paper talks about, the Burlington Free Press talks about hunters hit woods with new worry. Uh, I don't know what the worry was because I didn't pay for uh, anything but the thumbnail. But uh, hunting in <laughs> Vermont in November... Is obviously uh, obviously a big deal up in Vermont. It was something we dealt with uh, every season. Eventually, having to post, you know, because we're not necessarily against hunting, but uh, we certainly don't want people wandering around our own woods with rifles. So we had to had to post. So that was a thing. Meanwhile, the top movie was Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, number two, the second Christopher Columbus Harry Potter, uh, which I thought was much superior to the first one. Uh, tonally, it was still pretty much for kids. But I I kind of like, a lot of people hate that movie, but I, I'm a little bit on, I kind of enjoyed it. I did, too. I, I did too. I, you know, I had I had never watched the Harry Potters, or I had never read them. And so oh. the movies were my first entry into them, and I really enjoyed them. I, I just liked Columbus. It, uh, the sort of uh, magical whimsy was something that you didn't get a lot on screen. Uh, and, the, and the CGI for its time was very good. Uh, For the second movie, the first movie was terrible. Yeah, terrible. Uh, it did sort of devolve into just like magic wand uh, laser beams subsequently to that. But what this movie did was prior to going to see it, since I hadn't had read the books, I decided to listen to the audiobook of the second book. Ah, uh, Jim um, Dale. Jim Dale. And that is where uh, things changed for me. Uh, to this day, I've never heard a better audiobook performance than what Jim Dale did for that all seven of those books. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. <clears throat> uh, too bad our author lost her mind. All right, yeah. let us move forward and talk about uh, why everybody's here. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. sports. The New York Football Giants beat Steve Spurrier's Washington racist names 19 to 17 at Giant Stadium. Jeremy Shockey caught 11 balls for 111 yards, and Matt Bryant kicked four field goals for the G-Men. The Eagles pasted the Cardinals 38 to 14 behind, behind McNabb's four touchdowns and two Staley's 135 yards rushing. 
Eagles were seven and three after ten weeks. I uh, I would be really impressed if the Giants won three games this whole season. Uh, when the Dallas Cowboys are the class of the division, mm. uh, that's when Keith and Mike really are having a a great time Rough. watching football. Yeah. <clears throat> ooh, ooh, yeah. Uh, this at this point, I've thoroughly devolved into hate watching. We really jinxed the Chargers yesterday, you and I, because we, we mentioned them. Yeah. Anyway, it was terrible. Oh, you know right. who else is angry and salty? This guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Uh, where is it? There it is. I'm a human being. God damn it! My life has value, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. It's time to. The one time we didn't try it lined up. <laughs> okay, folks. Mercifully, we are talking about the practice, season seven, episode seven, small sacrifices. Uh, this was, of course, written by David E. Kelly. He's writing them all now. He's back. Allie McBeal's canceled. He's crushing it. Uh, and it was directed by Christina Mussery, who last directed on Convictions, which leaves us uh, with only one important question. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Uh, I'm really just curious as to how we're gonna get a Star Trek transporter with a Russian, I I don't know, I'm curious about, Mm. uh, about hunting for that Easter egg. Uh, Keith, there's fallout to be had. Bobby can't just give up God uh, and and there not be a reckoning. I mean, he was crying. The priest was crying at the end of last episode. A lot of crying. And so I think this week uh, we're going hard into that. I think we're going to have another case uh, where Bob, not another case. I think Bobby, uh, there's some sort of reckoning is going to take place where Bobby has to now represent a uh, person of the cloth. We're going to, you know, and um, uh, it's going to be worse, Keith, because uh, we're going to find out that during this, um, this person of the cloth uh, is a female, uh, or she works for the church or around the church somehow, and Bobby is going to, guess what, Keith, have a little sexy, sexy... Oh, no. uh, Flirty flirt with this person. And the sacrifice is actually Lindsay. His marriage? Oh, shit. Could be. Or at least it's on the line. I know it's retrotting a little bit, but uh, that... Bobby's uh, infidelity. And meanwhile, in the B case, Mm -hmm. Lindsay's doing something like working with somebody who uh, is like uh, uh, Russian. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, big swing. Jumping the shark, folks. (laughs) All right. Well, if you would like to listen to us, listen to that episode. uh, Hop over to your favorite podcasting service, and we will be back here on the YouTubes for the After Show Show. Okay, folks, before we do this episode, I want to give, uh, for the second week in a row, a bit of a warning on the subject matter. Um, actually, on this episode, in two different arenas. One, 
There will be more discussion of uh, child sex abuse, in uh, which will uh, be difficult, but also there's going to be discussion, and if you're watching it, depictions of animal abuse. So, uh, folks, buckle up uh, and, uh, you know, go uh, be warned. We're still going to try to be funny. Uh, oh, it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, so thanks for... Keith never gives me the trigger warning before the episode of the podcast, so always really sets well, me up well. <laughs> I'm, glad I did, I'm glad we didn't do hat, hot cat content today. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? Anyway, uh, those thank you for those warnings. Uh, please take them in the spirit with, with and any comedy in the spirit with which it's meant. Uh, and... Uh, we will begin season seven. Tasteless episode, and unrehearsed. Season seven, episode seven. Get ready. We are doing lots of episodes this week. Uh, that, that's just part of our small, not so small sacrifices. And and I would just like to point out, We've next episode is bad to worse. Church for seventeen years, Eleanor. The problem is it Eleanor. made the news, and it's open season on aberrant religions. Our faith is partly Roman Catholic. It's not nearly as aberrant as you'd like. Sacrificing animals is out there, Stanley, oh at least in the eyes of mainstream America. Let's just be clear about that. I was just saying that we all have our rituals. Look at Christianity and communion. They drink the blood of Christ and they eat his body. That's symbolic. You actually kill the animal. I don't understand. The exact... I will say that uh, just to be... Correct here, Eleanor. That it is not symbolic. The uh, uh, trans more. Oh, damn it, I forget. It was. It's a great transmogrification. Transmogrification. No transmogrification. Yeah, I wish better podcast. Uh, no. But it is. I think. Yeah, it is. It is not symbolic in any way. The belief is that 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 when the Eucharist prayer is given. Sorry if I'm not being more specific. Transubstantiation. Transubstantiation is in fact turning that wine and that wafer into the actual body of Christ. So it's actually not, a, it's not a simile. It is, it is uh, literal, but you know. A truthily. Well, while we're stopped, let's uh, introduce. Guy who doesn't understand friends from you can But prefers to slaughter animals for his religion. This is John Wesley, who you would know from Martin, Dirty Dancing, the television show. Stop or my mom will shoot and hang him high. You know, I was at a uh, uh, Applebee's with my mom a couple weeks, a couple days ago, in fact. I mm -hmm, took her out to mm -hmm. dinner. She really wanted to go to Applebee's. Uh, this episode brought to you was, by Applebee's. Was, was Olive Garden not available? Don't go to Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ad run. Uh, so, Applebee's, anyway. if you would like to pay us to uh, revert to not reverse endorse your, but your uh, restaurant, what's, here's here's the weird crossover in my life. So, you know, I don't like to talk to people in real life. It turns out, just on the internet. Anyway, there's this table having a conversation uh, to our uh, immediate right, and never would I step in. But they were trying to figure out a show. And they were like, oh, it was with this person and that person. And uh, they, they kept doing the catchphrase, a certain catchphrase. Um, long story short, I had to. Finally, I just like turned to them and I went, Martin, it was Martin. You're trying to come up with Martin. And they're like, yeah, 
yeah, Martin. And that was it. That was the end of our exchange. Uh, and then today, here we go. We got a Martin character. You know, who who would have thought that uh, Mike could somehow turn a helpful piece of information into get off my lawn? <laughs> Same issue the Supreme Court already apps? ruled on, and we won. You can eat those half price here. apps? is the law is facially neutral. It's not targeted at religion, but only to stop cruelty. Even so... Look, we... I think we should consider a plea. Fine. I'll admit to the facts. I did what they say I did. But I will not stand up in a court of law and acknowledge any form of guilt. That's not going to do it. Public opinion not gonna do is it. very not against you gonna here. Do well, it. If I say I'm guilty... It's the equivalent of apologizing for my religion. Add to that, they can shut our doors. We need a victory here, Eleanor. I can't promise it. It's a goat. Take a drink every time he calls her Eleanor. For God's sake, they're going to put me in jail for killing a goat. That's what I'm telling you. Oh, they it's will. just a goat? Oh, do you have a ranking of animals, Mike? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's an animal. I thought they meant, like, Tom Brady the goat. Oh, oh, well, in that case, if they're sacrificing Tom Brady, I think I'd finally find religion after all Pete, of these years. Talk about time savers. We already have our Tom Brady award for being Tom Brady, <laughs> sacrificing <laughs> the goat. <laughs> That's I pretty thought good. we weren't supposed to kill him anymore. Folks, it's gotten funny again. We've gone around the block so many times. This one has brought back the comedy. I don't know. Beef. We've gone into full circle so many times. I'm just dizzy. I don't know if I'm laughing. Keith, good pa podcasting or bad podcasting? No more than 45 seconds after you give a trigger warning about animal mm -hmm. cruelty, I then made a Tom Brady joke about sacrificing Tom Brady. I, I, I'm with you. I think it's perfect. I tried to dissuade him. Trust the me. The phone just rang, Don't which means we're going to... Are you free in case I need some Lindsay's research? Gonna, I'm free. Lindsay's going to comment on class. who it is. Why do we seem to be getting so many cases about religion? Hey, if I could make this about religion, we'd win. Unfortunately, the statute goes to cruelty and the language is neutral. What about a de facto burden? That's possible for appeal, but... Bobby, Judge Swackheim's office. You're wanted. Now. What do you Swackheim? mean? He wants you in chambers. He says to bring a friend. His lawyer fell out. I think the case has already been continued six times, and I'll Paul be dead Dooley, soon. Back Why us? Helen Gamble is the DA, and you've had experience against her. Also, you're on the short list Have of we? lawyers willing to defend scum. He has experience against her, behind her, on top of her. Meet with your client, and I'll see you in the courtroom <laughs> tomorrow. What's Boo. the case? Statutory rape. I don't oh, want shit. it. I didn't ask. I Dead warned you. 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> And the court thanks you both. You were doing a news piece? Yes, we heard what was going on and we were able to sneak in a camera. Mr. Danforth, could you tell the court exactly what you observed? We saw that man, the defendant, kill a baby goat. He basically slaughtered it. Okay, I'm Tim going to play Rose? a portion of this news piece. Objection? Overruled. And I'm going to ask you, sir, if it fairly reflects what the you saw. John Your Honor, Carter. I renew my objection. Counsel. We have stipulated that my client causes animals to be sacrificed as part of religious worship. This tape is only being introduced to inflame the jury. The charge isn't simply killing. It's cruelty. In order to make that finding... Then let him describe what he saw. We don't need to see his media-slanted version of it. Miss Fred, I think we can handle... Keith, 
I have to stop it here because didn't we talk about Herman's head a few weeks ago? Isn't this guy in? Wasn't this the attorney in Herman's head? Well, uh, let me tell you. Where is it? I know that lawyer from somewhere. This is Peter McKenzie as D.A. Brenner, who you know from The Faculty, Harry's Law, Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23, Heart of Dixie, and Herman's Head. Yes! That is insane! Which I've never seen. Oh, I watched the first three episodes on YouTube after we talked about it the last time, because I was like, this can't be real. Watch it, Keith, just watch the opening credits. It's insane. I don't remember having talked about it. We absolutely talked about Herman's head, didn't we? I don't. I don't why remember else would I have looked at, Why else podcast? would I have looked it up on YouTube? It, uh, I can't be that stoned all the time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh God damn! We talked about an obscure show, and you don't remember? Good God! I mean, the footage. I'm not. Do you think stoned. it doesn't accurately? Put What's wrong with my brain? Though I, I want to just, for context, mention that Keith and I used to live in a neighborhood. No joke. Both of us within three blocks of a uh, slaughterhouse. Uh, and the, it was the, at the end of my block. The, well, that's that one. But there was actually the store on um, Astoria Boulevard, I think, or no, I forget where it was. Uh, but it was called they they just went literal. It was called Baby Goat, Baby Lamb. That was the name of the store. Yep. Guess what you bought there? Cross examine. Thank you, Your Honor. Okay. You can see he has a baby goat in his hand. And it's alive. Not for long, it isn't. Keep watching. What's he doing now? He's letting the blood drain into a bowl. It's pretty disgusting. Objection? Sustained. That's all I have. I saw your news piece. You seemed pretty outraged, Mr. Danforth. I was. I found what your client did to be outrageous. I see. Aberrant. Do you eat meat? Do I eat meat? Yes. Ever have a hamburger? Yes, I eat meat. Do you know how cows are killed? I believe they're slaughtered. Would it surprise you to know that their throats are slit, much in the same way as this goat died? I'm not a fan of slaughterhouses, but at least the animal was killed for sustenance. We eat cows. So it's not the manner in which the animal is killed, but it's what it's killed for. Look, I'm not going down this road. I just filmed it. It's up to you people to decide if it's illegal. Fair enough. By the way. Good answer. Do you know what became of the goat after the ceremony? No, I do not. They ate it. Does that make a difference? I didn't force him. I never forced him. Mr. Orbis, he's 13 years old. Whether you forced him or not. We were very close. That's not a defense either. See, I was good to him. All right. No. Let's introduce this creeper. Guy with an unfortunate All IMDb right. Before credit, we get but he's too working. far into this, this is <laughs> the actor playing this person. The actor who is hired to play this person and has no affiliation whatsoever with this character or the character's behavior is Wayne Pear. And uh, you know from Walker, Texas Ranger, Spider-Man Homecoming, Cloak and Dagger, and Your Honor. And he played Gil in Random Thoughts on Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek. 
Very good. I, I'd help him with his homework. And uh, I, I gave him money. In exchange for sex? No. He did work at my house. He'd help clean. And we, we became close. I loved him. And he loved me. He still loves me. I know. He's the lead prosecutorial witness. He's only doing this now because his mother is making him. She told him that he can't come over anymore. She's making him do this. I love him. And I believe he loves me. Slackcom handed us a real winner here, didn't we? It's uh -huh. his mother. Did your other lawyers ever discuss a plea bargain? I can't do prison. They kill child molesters in prison. Prison is unacceptable. I'm telling you, it's the mother. Contact the kids' school. Teachers, principal, guidance counselor. I'll try to interview the social worker. So... Who do you want? Where we stand right now is that our only bet is to try to get them to drop the charges because it's the mom. Clearly, he's admitting well, to what he what happened. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly what our. <laughs> there's no defense. It's a statute, <laughs> right? So it is what it is. It's defined it, by the age. Right. It doesn't. It. It, it doesn't matter. Like, consent means nothing here. Well, because consent is impossible. Like, Correct. You, you yes, literally yes. cannot consent at that what, age. What I what so. I I, sh I should clarify that what I mean is that exactly what you said. They cannot use consent as a uh, defense. exculpatory defense. Yeah. Right. Right. So the, the only thing they can the do boy. is try to say it didn't Sorry? happen. This case is pretty much two witnesses: the mother and the victim. Which one do you want? Personally, I think it's a mistake for the client to go in with two lawyers. Makes it seem nice try. Jimmy wants to no part of goes this. Tomorrow, there's no time. We got to split this up. Who do you want? I'll take the mother. Great. Our pedophile has two priors. Did you know that? He's sick. What's your point? My point is, how effective can we really be expected to be on one day's notice? I don't want to hear that. We do our best. Fine. Forget the rest. There is a problem here. We can win this. That's an awesome line. Yeah. He was starting to go down in school, which I, I couldn't understand because he's always been a good student. Well, did you talk to your son about this? Yes. Is Margaret well? He said there was nothing I'm wrong. Gonna, I'm gonna said, interrupt now and then let her play because these are generally pretty sensitive uh, experiences. But uh, interesting directorial choice here. You'll notice a very sparse use of scoring. Uh, and they've yeah. done that with a lot of these um, very, I don't want to say explicit, but these very raw type of... Serious uh, stuff, yeah. Yeah, they, they they let it go in the clear, which I think is actually an effective strategy. I'm which is also, up. you know, if you if you go back and uh, listen to early seasons of the show, they had way more scoring. And I think as the show has matured, they have learned to uh, leave that out a lot. Yeah, they, and I say that they, as a composer. <laughs> yeah, well, and also we've we've noted before uh, how excellent the casting is pretty uniformly in the show. And they cast, especially in these sort of uh, guest spots uh, for these testimonies, these, these victims, these parents of victims and such, just really excellent 
realistic uh, character actors. And I like making, I like that they carve out some space to let them work. In school, which I, I couldn't understand because he's always been a good student. Well, did you talk to your son about this? Yes. He said there was nothing wrong. I said I thought he was spending too much time with him. Him? The defendant. He'd hired Justin to do some yard work. Then they became friends. He was over there all the time, it seemed. Did you suspect anything sinister about this relationship? No. I had no idea that he had this porno film collection or that previously he... Could you tell us what happened to your son? Well, with his grades getting worse, I, I grounded him. I, I told him he had to come home directly after school. May I ask, where was Justin's father? We've split up and he doesn't... Uh, he's an absent father, which is another reason why I thought he bonded with the defendant. Okay. What happened after you grounded Justin? Well, I didn't see any improvement at school. So I started to give him other consequences, like no baseball, no television. I even took away his stereo. Nothing seemed to work. And then finally, he told me what was going on. Which was? He told me that he was having sex with a defendant. Honey? And that he was feeling shame over it and that he was having trouble sleeping. Okay, honey, thank you. And what did you do? I notified the police. I, I called the police. Actually, you waited two days to call the police, didn't you, ma'am? Yes. Your son tells you he's raped. You don't call for two days? At first, I just, I couldn't believe it. I thought maybe he was trying to escape punishment or... You thought he was making it up? I was just so stunned at first. I couldn't believe it. I guess I was... I was desperate not to believe it. But once it sank in that it was true, I called the police. You mentioned your son wanting to escape punishment. You mean being grounded, missing baseball, that sort of thing? Yes. How about you hitting him? You ever hit your son, Mrs. Langer? Objection. Where is this going? Your Honor, sometimes kids will say anything to make the beating stop. I did Objection. not and beat him. Strike. Ooh, Short this leash. This is a tough plan Speed to be here. Did you ever hit your son, Mrs. Langer? I spanked him sometimes. I did not beat him. Did you spank him on account of his grades going down? I spanked him once or twice. They were not beatings, and I certainly never hurt him. Did you ever hit your son for using drugs? He once used marijuana. Your client gave at him, 13? and yes, I spanked him. I mean, spanked at all. Do you work, Mrs. Lane? Flat out, never spank. But yes. Like at 13, what do you do for work? I'm a waitress in a restaurant. Could you tell me your hours? 3 to 11. 3 in the afternoon till 11 at night? Yes. Weekdays? Yes. When did your son get home from school? Between two and three. Wow, so you barely see him during the week. Possible he could have made this story up to get your attention. No, that is not possible. Ever know your son to tell you things that maybe weren't true? No. Your son always speaks the truth. Yes, he is a truthful person. Yes, he is. And yet, when he tells you he was raped, you don't call the police for two days. I gotta say, it, that's an excellent cross. Yeah, I mean, it, I, that's, that's the problem. That, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's all nonsense, but it's effective. <coughs> what the hell? Good job. 
Where'd it go? Huh? Bobby, what are we doing here? It's basically a... You know, generally, uh, I want to point this out here. <clears throat> um, in the past, I would say that we would be sort of angry with Bobby for not even engaging the conversation with Jimmy. But to David E. Kelly's credit and the staff's credit, I think that we've now been given enough of the context of Bobby's emotional back and forth. He's trying to now deal with these really difficult professional and ethical lines that he has to cross and navigate without the help of course you know we're we're things are getting we, we're we're zooming in and bold stroking it but without the help of his sort of moral guidance and he's still dealing with that loss of what used to be you know i think it's i think it's interesting and and bobby and what we've seen in past seasons is that bobby does not engage easily emotionally especially with his friends and the people close to him. So it, it makes sense that he would be shutting Jimmy out here. And Jimmy is the one who's being tasked with doing the difficult court work there, right? Despite we know his personal feelings, and and now he's trying to engage with Bobby and be like, yo, let's talk about this, and Bobby won't do it. I think it's an actual really interesting and realistic and well-formed uh, little emotional beat here. I agreed uh, completely. And it, and it's not happening uh, in a vacuum. It's happening in the context of the last couple of episodes, of course, uh, which we talked about at length last week uh, with the, you know, the, the, the church sex abuse uh, issues and Bobby's leaving the church. And, you know, this feels like the most effective version of the, at the end of every episode, what are we doing mm -hmm. as defense attorneys? Like, this is the first time I'm like, yeah, you know what? I this is a really this is a really tough question right now, and I can understand why they're having all of these big tough questions because this is a perfect example of the oh fuck, what are we doing? Are we good people because we're doing this debate? Whereas you know, giving a zealous defense in a lot of these other cases, it hasn't felt quite as right. And know. this is juxtaposed with. The Eleanor case with with the uh, the the sacrificial lamb or goat in this in this case, where it's not so much a moral well, it is a moral quandary, but it's a little more grounded in the taboos of our country and like what drawing parallels to much like last week. You know, I think her point in well, we eat meat and we slaughter very much the same, and why is this religion different because it does this blah blah, is a a smaller, I don't want to say smaller, a a different lens on a different subject, but covering the same territory, but so giving us giving us color. I th it's really so far. We're only you know ten minutes in, but uh, well set table. Traditional African religion with elements of Roman Catholicism. But the reason we're all here is because of one particular ritual. Yes. Can you tell the jury why sacrifice animals? It's a way of honoring the Orisha, which literally means head guardian. In simplest terms, the animal's blood is offered. The sacrifice is said to please the saints and bring purification and forgiveness of sins. You have to acknowledge, Mr. Jolie, this does seem a little barbaric. We know that American culture rejects it, and we therefore try to be as discreet as possible. 
even secretive. We've never tried to impose our rituals or beliefs upon the public. And in fact, the only reason we're here today is because the media invaded us. Does the animal suffer? The sacrifice is almost always quick and as humane as possible. So it's your testimony that what we all saw on the television screen, in your eyes, there was no animal cruelty. We try to be as humane as possible. And you do that with lambs, goats, turtles, guinea pigs, sheep, all those animals. You slit their throats and offer the blood to your saints? Yes. He did well, considering. But? But he couldn't undo that videotape, Eugene. How could he? That footage, that's what the jury's going to take back to that room, that squealing goat. Well, Eleanor, if it's a tale of the tape, then get yourself some tape. What do you mean? I mean, this is America. You think Santorians are the only ones to kill animals? Hmm. Eleanor's that is smarter than to have to be. Well, sometimes you need a little, you need some friendly Don't even reminder. waste your breath, Your Honor. You're not getting off, Bobby. It's a new Anything else? Yeah. yeah. Look, it doesn't matter who they are or what they are. They're all entitled to a defense. I didn't make up the rule. What constitutes adequate? What? They're not entitled to the best defense, only adequate. So I'm asking, how much is adequate? Sit. You think I want that piece of crap walking? Tell me the ideology of the criminal lawyer, if you remember. To check the state's power to incarcerate people at will. You get a gold star. Now look at me. Look at what's going on out there. The state regularly jails people without due process, then calls them material witnesses, and locks them up without even filing charges, much less giving them a hearing. You're talking about terrorist suspects. Who this says it has to stop there? You don't think there are people out there who want to extend that policy to suspected child molesters? I understand the system, Judge, and I appreciate my role in it. Then why are you here? I have to get up tomorrow and attack a 13-year-old rape victim. And I don't want to do it. Well, you will. And if I tank it? Please. You don't think I just pulled your name out of a hat? Great scene. Great, Great scene. scene. It's it's funny to see uh, Swackheim as like this very bright, like thought through kind of a character. When we first met him, he's like he was like he was an utter crazy person when we first met him. Well, it shows growth in and trust, and I think that well, I don't. I'm gonna just I'm making this up, but I'd like to think that. Somewhere along the line, because of uh, our success with Kittleson and with uh, what was the other judge that we got to really know um, with the bangs, Hiller. Uh, Hiller. Judge Hiller, yeah, that it's it works well when we develop a nice character for the judges when we get to know them, their sort of uh, philosophy and their relationship with our office it works well for the show. I think that we've learned that lesson. And so now that they've expanded that roster with, and, and yes, at times we've had to retcon them a few times, <laughs> their arcs and their sort of, I mean, let's not, lest we forget Kittleson was uh, like a an eye-crossing-out psychopath when we first met her. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> a sex fiend also, <laughs> yeah. So there's been some uh, creative liberty, poetic license, if you will, but it, it 
the where where we get I think is pretty cool. Like I'm into this swag. I'm give me more of this. Give me more of that yeah. scene. Give me more He's, of this Bobby. Keep this Bobby. I love this Bobby. Yeah. And swag I'm on his meds. Uh, unfortunately, don't we lose Bobby soon? You can't say, but like, so, why do we, we're going to lose him right after he's become the best Bobby of the Bobby bunch? I ain't telling you nothing. You okay? The Bobby yeah. bunch. The Bobby it's bunch. Just... This isn't exactly what I went to law school for, Eugene. Fighting for serial goat killers. Are you serious? We just had this scene. I don't know. Why did you go to law school? Clarence Darrow. I read his closing on Leopold and Loeb over and over and over. For me, it was the Constitution. I was 12 and I couldn't understand half of it, but I knew this was something. And you know the part that especially got me? Freedom of religion. I know that probably sounds funny, considering how I've been acting towards religion lately, but that amendment, it said to me that at least in principle, this country stands for tolerance. And Eleanor, of all the constitutional liberties that need protecting today, freedom of religion. I understand that. I really do, but... But what? I like goats. Trust me, Eleanor. This case is exactly why you went to law school. Why to law school you went, you did? Wait, why do we have Miss that? Elder? As a because that, that was that was my Eugene as Yoda impression. I've been working on it. That's wow. That is. Folks, we're definitely going to want to hear more of Eugene as Yoda from Mike as we move forward. Oh, boy. Member of the American Humane Society, you've had occasion to document the footage we're about to see. All the footage is accurate and has been verified. Can you narrate, Miss Elder? That is a cow being killed at a slaughterhouse in Texas. A pig. Chicken. And this looks like real footage, which is... Examples of trapping, laboratory testing, baby seals. This is Canada, not the U.S. The question becomes, Miss Elder, are these isolated events? Isolated? Certainly not. It goes on every day. Miss Elder, I'm curious. Did you get a chance to see the tape showing what goes on in the defendant's church? I did. In your opinion, did you find the defendant's actions to constitute animal cruelty? Objection. She can give a lay opinion, not legal. He slid a goat's neck and let the blood drain out. It was repulsive. Justin, if you want to stop... Or you feel you need to take a break. Okay, before me. we get into this okay. <coughs> heavy scene, I think we to need to introduce. It's the kid, but. Folks, I know it's heavy, but uh, this man deserves a full introduction. Folks. The kid on the stand is played by none other than Anton Yelchin. 
of course, from Terminator Salvation, Dark, and Huff. Very underrated series. But what you're hearing, of course, is the theme to the J.J. Abrams Star Trek series because this is, of course, Anton Yelchin who plays Chekhov in the Star Trek new series, who uh, very uh, tragically has uh, was uh, was killed a few years ago. So, uh, uh, terrific, terrific actor. Um, who uh, uh, did you ever watch Huff? Mm, uh, I watched the first episode, I believe. That was about the, um, you know what? That is not what I watched. Forget it. This, that was not about like male gigolos, right? <laughs> no, no, but it was, I, I get, I get why you'd go in that direction. Uh, it was a, uh, it was about a psychiatrist played by Hank Azaria with, yeah, definitely uh, with thinking of something Brewster else. Something uh, else something. and Blythe Danner. It was actually, I, I really enjoyed it anyway. Uh, and he was really, really good on it. So which which he played Chekhov in which show? In the in the reboot movie okay. series. Oh yeah, I gotcha, gotcha. Friends. Yes. After I'd finish my work, we'd play cards and games. And then we started to watch videos and stuff. What kinds of videos? Well, at first just comedies and stuff. Like the Nutty Professor and Austin Powers, and then after a while, sex videos. And these videos, men and women were having sex. Some men and women, but mostly just men and men, or men and boys. What did you think when you saw this? I don't know. I guess it kind of grossed me out. But, you know, Mitchell, he said it was very common for men to have sex with each other. What did you think of that? I don't know. Justin, at some point, did you and Mr. Orbis have sex? Yes. Could you tell us about it? Oof. Oof, Oof that guy is rough. creepy as fuck. Justin. Look. Awesome. I know this is very difficult for you. She very smartly stepped but between But you're completely them. safe here, I promise. Good Great job, direction. Ellen. I need for you to yeah. tell us what happened. He, um... He would touch my privates. By touch? How would he touch you? With his hand, with his mouth. His mouth? Yeah. He would put his mouth on my privates. By privates, you mean? My penis. And he would ask me to put my mouth on his penis. Did you? Yes. Justin, I promise you I'm almost done. How many times did this happen? A lot. A lot? More than 10 times? Yes. More than 20? <laughs> Your Honor, I think we should take a small break. 
terrible for the boy, terrible for Helen, terrible for the boy's parents. Oh, brutal. Brutal. And it's about to be super listen. terrible. So about to be super terrible for Bobby. He never cried. He liked it. This guy's I think sick. And his mother told him to cry. He's got some mommy issues, this guy, too. He never cried. And it's written in such a way that you literally want to, like, reach through the this screen. This isn't a case don't. about religion. Bam. It is about cruelty to animals. Oh, uh, you, you know what it tape. is? It uh, already early in the episode. It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise, your client's dead. Closing time. You know, folks, using uh, some logic I learned earlier today, uh, Keith's voice is so good in those bumpers. I think that means he's a terribly, terribly trained singer. <laughs> this man dangled Wait, Way to take the insult and the compliment. Danced behind him. Wait, 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 wait. So, uh, could 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 we have uh, uh, Eugene Yoda explain that to me? I just really want to understand what the point. If <laughs> if sound is pleasing, good. Training bad must be, Bobby. <laughs> it's about cruelty to animals. You saw the tape. This man dangled a baby goat as people danced behind him, and he slit its throat. He does it with pigs, sheep, turtles, chickens, doves, pulls out his knife or box cutters. Objection! There has never been a suggestion of box cutters. I only meant cutting instruments. We all know what you meant, and I object to the blatant innuendo. All right. Careful, Mr. Brunner. We're not here today to pass judgment on the century in faith. All of us, every one of us, is free to choose our form of worship. Of course we are. <clears throat> but the exercise, the practice of religion, has never been absolute. Whether it's public health, or safety, or yes, even morals, the state can step in and say, whoa, can't do that. Here, they torture and mutilate animals in an open and notorious manner. We as a society don't tolerate that. How could we? We don't tolerate That's very it. well articulated. What society is he talking about? We live in a society that slaughters animals for food. We kill them for fur coats. We poison them to test new drugs. Even. We torture animals all the time. We even murder them for sport. We hunt, we fish, we walk up to deer with our shotguns and we blow off their heads. We yank fish out of the water and we let them suffocate at the bottom of our boats. If you want to convict my client for being cruel, fine. But don't you dare do so under some cloak of humanity that we as a society don't torture animals. And I would also submit well that if we say it's okay to hunt them down and to maim them for recreation, for vanity, or even for Thanksgiving, how do we say no for worship? 
a traditional worship that dates back over a thousand years. Personally, I don't like what they do. But you simply cannot condemn this man under some theory that killing animals isn't tolerated by the United States of America because it is. Every time you eat a hamburger, you not only tolerate it, you proliferate it. It's a pretty serious thing to accuse someone of statutory rape, Justin. How long had this been going on for? Three months or so. And you never told anybody? I was too embarrassed. You started getting in trouble at school, didn't you? I Gonna start this over. Uh, maybe, Keith, I can't, that, absolutely the one that comes to mind. We've done some awkward plan Bs and some crazy shit, but this has never has a cross made me more nervous than the one we're about to listen to. Yeah, agreed. How long had this been going on for? Three months or so. And you never told anybody? I was too embarrassed. You started getting in trouble at school, didn't you? I saw detentions for fighting, swearing at a teacher. You get suspended for swearing at a teacher? No. No? Oh, that's right. The principal thought this behavior was a cry for attention. Do you remember him saying that? Yes. Ever accuse another kid at school of doing anything to you? Russell Lefebvre? Did you once accuse Russell Lefebvre of punching you from behind? Yes. Did Russell Lefebvre punch you? No. You made it up? I'm not making this up. You made it up against Russell. I can explain that. You don't have to explain. Just tell us yes or no. Did you make up false accusations against Russell Lefebvre? Yes. Ever get caught cheating on a test, Justin? Once. That's cheating? and lying. Objection. Withdrawn. Do you take drugs, Justin? All right. This is the accusing witness. Go ahead. Ever smoke marijuana, Justin? Yes. You got caught smoking it at school, didn't you? Yes. You told the principal that you got it from one of the high school kids, told your mother you got it from Mr. Orbis. Who were you lying to, the school principal or your mother, Justin? I got it from Mitchell. So you lied yet again to the principal? Yes, but I didn't Thank want you. any... After you were caught with drugs, Justin, you got suspended then, didn't you? Yes. And this is when... Oh, shit. You uh, just saw his priest sitting there. It's a little heavy-handed, but it fits. After you were suspended for drugs, how did your mother react? She was angry. Angry? Did she hit you? She spanked me. And this is when you suddenly declared that Mr. Orbis had molested you. Did you say that for sympathy, Justin? No, it's the truth. I see. So your mother, two days later, finally decided to believe you, and she called the police. And when you talked to the police, you had to give them a lot of different statements, didn't you? Yes. The first two times you met with the police, you said nothing about Mr. Orbis putting his mouth on your penis or yours on his. You never said that, did you, Justin? I was too embarrassed. Too embarrassed? When did you come up with the idea to add that part? Objection. Overruled. You made that up, didn't you, Justin? No. Justin, do you understand that you have an obligation to tell the truth here? We're not in the principal's office now. We're in court. 
Your lies are hurting people. I am telling the truth. So this isn't another false accusation? This time you're sticking with it? Objection! Withdraw, nothing further. Commonwealth rests, Your Honor. Mr. Donald, you could call your first witness tonight, or we can wait and start tomorrow. There's also the interesting added wrinkle, Keith, that, you know, the the priest there, you know, is forcing Bobby to, like, look at, like, what his moral blah, 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 blah. But also, don't forget why Bobby left the church, right? For the exact same thing that he's attempting to do right now, which is cover up a sexual abuse. Right. Right. So, so it's... You know, where the hypocrisy lies, of which there's... There is some, although I mm -hmm. think... There's difference. It's, it's different, and and I think I think there's there's a discussion to be had about it. But certainly, like, you know, reinforcing the idea that you know Bobby is in a really difficult position mm -hmm. right now. I'm wondering right now we're about to see whether Bobby will call a witness or not. I mean, the only thing he could do here, I guess, is call his guy, because I'm sure Helen would try. If Helen called had had called the the defendant, he would just plead the fifth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it ha he'd have to. I mean, Bobby can't call him. I mean, right. he's he's so, com you know, the, Bobby's entire case is that it didn't happen, right? He's, right. He's, he's pretending that it didn't happen, which is weird, because, you know, like he legally cannot bring up his defendant to say that it didn't happen because he knows that would be false right. testimony. Mm -hmm. But Bobby himself can imply that it didn't happen even though he knows that it did. It's weird. Counsel, did you hear me? The defense rests, Your Honor. So he's not going to put up a case. Well, what case could he put up, really? Yeah, he put, he, he planned beat the kid. That's like... Ordered by his priest in the bathroom. I can't talk now. Can't talk? How about just looking me in the eye then, Bobby? Can you do that? You hypocrite. You leave the church accusing us of enabling sex There's offenders. There's a difference between... There's a difference? Yes. Between representing somebody who's committed a crime and protecting his secret so he can go on committing it, there's a big difference. That's crap. I gotta leave. Then you're gonna have to knock me over because I'm not moving, you son of a bitch, until you listen to what I have to say. You're helping him secure his freedom. How is that not enabling more rapes? I was ordered by the court. Then quit your profession. You're a man that's quite capable of walking out of a door, Bobby. We both know that. Walk out on the legal profession like you walked out on the church. How dare you judge me or the Catholic people? Too bad you can't save some of your rage for your fellow priests. I have plenty of rage for them, believe me. And I'm standing here right now condemning you, mostly for your hypocrisy. Step away from the door, Father. I'm going. Allow me, Bobby, to walk out on you. We're gonna have to talk later.
bet Helen chased I mean, him down and set him in motion. Fucking excellent. To distract me. How yeah. the hell would he even know what case I'm doing? Bobby, it's been in the Robert papers. Robert Prosby. Just like her. Okay. You need to take a breath. And Lindsay, this is no time. Helen Gamble did not go running to a church to rattle you, and if you think that, you're rattled already. Maybe you should let Jimmy close. I can close. Bobby. I can close, damn it. What does it mean when verdict you make up Eleanor so fast? They're decisive. Hang in there. I prayed all night. Used up six cats. That was a joke. Madam Foreperson, the jury has reached a verdict. We have, Your Honor. Will the defendant please rise? What say you? The Commonwealth versus Stanley Jolie. On the charge of cruelty to animals, we find the defendant, Stanley Jolie, not guilty. The jury is dismissed with the thanks of the court. We're adjourned. Congratulations. Thank you. Eleanor, I know this ritual you found to be personally repugnant, which makes your defense of it and my rights all the more heroic. Thank you. Heroes are not easily found. It takes an enormous amount Closing of time courage. Part two for a victim of child molestation to come forward. Most don't. Most think it's somehow their own fault and the shame is too much to bear. And for those who can overcome the embarrassment, there's the prospect of having to sit in a courtroom day after day with the man who raped you. We live in a country where the suspect has a constitutional right to confront his accuser. And somewhere along the way, confront became attack. You saw it here. With Justin Langer being assaulted in that chair by defense counsel. One almost had to wonder, was it worth it? Well, when the alternative is a rapist going on to possibly rape other children, yeah, it's worth it. That's why I consider this young man to be a hero. He came into this room to face down the man who raped him. And his testimony is uncontroverted. He told you how the defendant would repeatedly engage him in acts of oral copulation. How this man with a library of pornographic videos would use those videos to seduce this child. He's 13 years old. 13. And he was raped. Pedophiles repeat their crimes. Please, don't give this one the opportunity to do so. Ms. Gamble talked about our system, rights of defendants and victims. 
You know that 90-something percent of all defendants are guilty? Think about it. By the time they get to trial, they've been judged guilty many times. You got the accuser and the arresting officers, the detectives, then a grand jury, then probable cause. We got all these mini-steps along the way, each of them concluding the same thing. The guy did it. And since the facts, you see, DAs, they just want to give a good, accurate presentation of the facts. But defense lawyers, our job is to skew them. We stand up to distort, bend, hide the truth if necessary. And if you got a guilty guy, which we usually do, what? We're gonna hope the jury gets the right idea? My craft, smoke and mirrors, deceit. Criminal defense attorneys aren't about searching for the truth. Are you kidding? Mr. Donald. That's our system. The DA has to prove guilt beyond all reasonable doubt and defense lawyers spews doubt. What is happening? There's going to be a but. There's always a but. I was going to say, is he gunning for a mistrial here? Whenever, wherever, with all the discipline that that perverted bastard probably spews semen on his walls. Counsel. I'd like to finish my closing argument. This man, I think he's guilty. I'm sure as hell not supposed to say that, but I think he did it. The problem is... I can't be sure. Neither can you. Because all we have is one witness. Sympathetic, definitely. Compelling, no doubt. But credible? His own mother waited two days to call the police because even she didn't believe him at first. He has a history of leveling false accusations, a history of lying and cheating, a track record of crying out for attention, a history of drug use. The story itself changed with different statements to the police. On the possibility that Mitchell Orbis really did commit these crimes, I hope he goes away. But in this country, we don't take away a man's freedom on the possibility of guilt or likelihood, even an overwhelmingly strong likelihood. You have to find guilt beyond all reasonable doubt. And I'm sorry, you can't get there with one lone witness, especially one whose word lacks credibility. My client may be scum, but there is no real case against him in this courtroom today, which means the heroes here have to be you. Mm. You have to go back to that room, uphold your oath to our system, because if you don't, God forbid the day comes when the only thing standing between our freedom and a prison cell is the accusing finger from a child who lies. Because that's all we have here today, ladies and gentlemen. One accusing finger from a child who's been known to lie.
Yo, that. I gotta say it. Uh, we're gonna talk about the case later, so let me say this now. Yeah. I've talked a lot of bullshit on Dylan McDermott. You know we're a fan. We've said things. We hide behind his smoky eyes and this, that, the other thing. To his discredit, the man is a very talented actor. Very, very talented. Yeah. Every bit of his subtext was acted there. Every bit of it, right? It's a great close, yes, but almost, and it was actually an excellent close legally, but as just a, as a monologue, as a performed monologue, it was fucking astounding. Yeah, yeah, and incredibly well-written. Why did I do that? What, what just happened? Hold oh, God, on. oh, God, what's happening? Uh, 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 uh. Hold on. I'm ruining everything. I'm breaking it. I'm breaking it no, all. Mike's falling down. Mike, wait. So, Mike, explain it to... Uh, could could Eugene uh, uh, and uh, Yoda explain what just happened? Guilt beyond doubt not found, even though in heart is known. I have this... Please don't ever make me do this again. <laughs> I don't... That's that's Yoda. I don't know what I've been doing. Uh, uh, could I have a second in private, please? Jesus, don't you have like something to do, Father? <laughs> Somewhere Is to just be? allowed to like walk around and walk in in the back of a courtroom, Bobby. The reason I felt so violated by your decision to leave the church. You see, the church, to me isn't an institution. It's not a cardinal or the pope. It's first and foremost my parish. The people. So by your leaving, it was in some way. I understand that you look to me for spiritual and moral leadership. And obviously, I, I failed to provide it. But if I could retract yesterday's condemnation and substitute it with some guidance now, our criminal justice system, obviously we need defense lawyers to do what they do. But Bobby, from a spiritual and moral standpoint, is this any way for a man to live his life? I'm sorry. You're not gonna believe this. Jury's coming back. Who? That was the Republican room in the court. We saw Herbert Walker, we saw Reagan, and we saw Teddy. Amanda, Only Republicans who's in life? that room. Who was he talking oh, about? What was he? The verdict's back. No, but he said, is this. Anyway, about Amanda Hubert's life or whatever. <laughs> no, to live your life. He was he Mr. was Farm. condemning him for being a lawyer, as usual. Usual stuff. Wait, he said, "Is this any way to live your life?" Yes. I, I don't know how Amanda Hubert came in. I thought he said, "Is this is this any is this in any way about Amanda Hubert's life?" And I was like, "Did I miss an entire plot thread?" <laughs> Holy shit. This is this is only this is episode one of our marathon, folks. Has the jury reached a unanimous verdict? 
We have, Your Honor. Will the defendant please rise? Mr. Foreman, what say you? In the matter of the Commonwealth versus Mitchell Orbis, on the count of statutory rape, sex with a minor, we the jury, finding a strong likelihood of guilt, regrettably, return a finding of not guilty. Members of the jury, this concludes your service. I caution you, you will be subjected to inquiries from the press seeking to explore your decision. None of you are required to discuss this with the media. We are adjourned. The defendant is free to go. Thank you so much. Thank you. Fuck off. Thank you. <laughs> if I were Jim, I would have punched him right there. You know, I think in some seasons they would have done just that. Yeah. Where this episode excels in many ways is, is in its restraint, actually. Yeah. Well, Judge, that one's on you, buddy. Well, I'll, I'll have thoughts. I, I, have, I have a whole bunch of thoughts about all of this that we will talk about in the oopsies. What a way to start our... Uh... Our marathon. Our marathon. Okay, folks, it is time to hop back to your YouTubes if you care to see our faces while we awkwardly discuss this episode. Otherwise, you know, just just keep listening. And we are back, baby. We are indeed. Whew, there is a lot going on in this episode. It's a big old mouthful. But uh, before before we talk... Uh, we have to do some very important recaps in a uh, in a segment we like to call. Mm, two, three, four. Mike has thirty seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Segment, segment. Y'all, uh, nobody's pissed, but like everybody's a little upset. Uh, truth be told, we got a statutory rapist, and he admits to it, but they—that's not the point. The point is that there's only one kid. And like Bobby's got to like defend him and we deal with all the questions we deal with on the show. And ultimately his priest is like, is this for any way? Because Bobby's, his superpower is being really good at this. And that often leads to bad people uh, being free. On the other hand, uh, the uh, we're hypocrites when it comes to animal cruelty and Eleanor gets him off. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. Uh, I really enjoyed that, but I really wish you could do it faster. But actually like mm. slower, but just fewer mm -hmm. syllables. <laughs> Sacrificial goat. A boy. Statutory rape. We're all hypocrites. Yeah, okay. I don't think that necessarily followed the rules, but I am with you. Thank you so much for the high coopsie. Wait, it didn't? We are all hypocrites. We're all. Contraction, oh, buddy. We're, oh, I didn't hear the, the contraction. I I retract my... Uh, my Oops, that's not right. 
like and, and of course like I, I retract two things one i retract my statement but i also retract like why am i the asshole who like counts it every week well who, because who is that rules, guy keith why why, why am i that person i i i'm a, i'm embarrassed yeah. to be the person who well, like I've... with my fingers counts them out as you as you say it I, i'm a terrible person i retract it we got stuff to do you've apparently retracted you know my Ladies face the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, <laughs> proudly present... Oopsie! The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike! What the hell are the oopsies? Well, Jackie, they are a fake award show that begin every week with you really couldn't do this unless you were actually a really good singer. So it's really, it's like a fine wine. (laughs) (laughs) Just gets better and better. Yeah, guys, this is really where you have to parse our na- our nomenclature because, look, Bobby and Eleanor both won their case. Uh, Bobby, though, what is value, right? Like, if you define what his job is based solely on providing the best defense to his client, regardless of innocence or guilt, then, yeah, Bobby Donald shows you he's the best. He took a loser and 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 turned it into a win. However, does that value extend to the safety of our community and society because you know like murderers and stuff are bad. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> but knowingly letting a child a child <sighs> rapist go out the doors knowing he will do this shit again, uh that's a tough one. That's that's a tough one, especially when your priest is watching you. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna, you know, I, I'm gonna go with the Eleanor case, which I think is a little bit. Um, I don't want to say black and white because it's not, but it it is indicative of the gray the gray area of our society, right? The hypocrisy of our society, and as us as consumers, uh, not uh, the global us, not you, not you, vegan listener. Um, cause you're on the right track. Uh, but you know, we can't just condemn a religion for its practices. If we engage in those same practices non-religiously, I think that uh, though it's, a, it's not as black and white as that, obviously, I think that Eleanor did correctly was able to, in the face of her own opinions, effectively argue the case. And I think win a winner, um, so I'm gonna vote for Eleanor here. Yeah, no, I I I agree with you. Um, I I think Eleanor wins because she, you know, rightfully, and I I I think I think she wins and she loses, right? Because, uh, she rightfully points out the our own hypocrisy and our own participation in this type of a thing in in animal cruelty, and. And I'm glad that she did, and I think that's important, and I think that, um, you know, that that was valuable both as a 
as a defense, but also as a just television arc. On the other hand, the what we should do about it, I think, is where it went backwards. So instead of pointing out, oh, we're all doing it, so like, eh, if we're all doing it, let's all just keep doing it. The result, and of course, that's not what Eleanor's job is in this moment, but like the result should be like, oh, we should all stop, stop doing it, not all keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I was she did a really good job there, and um, within the narrow, you know, and again, this whole episode is about within the narrow context of the law, within the ver- in the narrow context of what they're doing. Uh, she did a good job. So, congratulations, Eleanor, on your MV. L. Coming up next, everybody stretch. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. First entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Oh, yeah. Make that a gif. Um... Listen, I really, we talked about, I think uh, the actor who plays Judge Swackheim, Swackheim. Paul Dooley. Tall, Paul Dooley. He's won MVL before, or uh, excuse me, Best Guest Actor before. Uh, he's excellent in this episode. He's played his new uh, measured character very Same well. Same version. Yeah. Uh, however, I think that uh, Chekhov here really, and that I can't imagine as a kid, pulling that off i just i don't know how you do it i don't think i would have been able to do it i don't think i could do it now uh so yeah i think that he earned a difficult <laughs> best guest actor here uh yeah. for that one scene yeah i mean anton yelchin is his name and and was an extraordinary child actor and a terrific actor uh, as an adult uh yeah i mean he did such a good job. I mean, honestly, like I had a hard time watching him mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was so real and raw and and painful to watch. I mean, you know, the, the second time I watched it, I was like checking my email because I really didn't want to watch it again. So uh, I, I, I mean that as a compliment <laughs> um, because uh, he did a really, really terrific job. So, Though uh, I have thoughts about whether a jury would really pass that. Verdict. I loved Bobby's clothes. We'll talk about it in Oopsie. For a murder trial, yeah. as a juror, I take Bobby's clothes a different way than I do in, in that. No, because, no I'm, like he, he was so credible. Yeah. There was, there was no way that you wouldn't believe him, which is why I think that the verdict does strain credulity a little bit. Yeah. But that's not a time to talk about in the best guest actor because Anton Yelton, you should just get all your claps. But uh, we'll talk about that in the tires. But before we do that, we need to hand out. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. You've had him hang people out the window. You've had him in a in a revenge flick with Donnie Wahlberg. You've put him in it. You've had him be a father. You've had him at uh, in front of the green monster proposing to his lo- beloved. You've had him uh, banging Ellen, Helen. You've had him trying to bang murderesses. Multiple. Uh, but I am going to proclaim right here and now, Mr. Varney, 
this to be the seminal Dylan McDermott, the practice performance for my money. Wow. I think this is the best he's been. I think it was powerful. It was complex. It was plotted. It was specific and surgical in its beats. I think he knew when he saw this script that this was just some of the best bobbying to Bobby. And, uh, and did it without the crutch of having of to play off his wife. This was all Bobby, you know, and yep. and it's interesting. It gets compl- it, his performance. It gets complicated when Lindsay's there because they write him weird as a husband. So they let this be. Right. Yep, they let this sure. be Bobby the man. So I think Dylan McDermott gives his best performance for my money in the seven seasons I've seen him so far. Uh, I know his time is running short. I think. Um, so yeah, I, I Dylan McDermott, far and away. Yeah, well, I, I I'm going to agree with you with one slight adjustment, and that is I don't think it's this episode. I think it's this arc. Yeah, that fair. is giving Bobby the best work, and Dylan is giving his best work in it. Um, because we've sort of been this is like a this is the third episode of this arc, um, dealing with his relationship with the Catholic Church and the sex abuse and. And all of this, I think that the this whole story has been the best Bobby, like you said, the best the best Bobby we've ever seen, and the best Dylan McDermott we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, completely agreed. Congratulations, Dylan McDermott, on your whoopsie. Uh, coming up next, you know, we already know, but uh, give it to us officially. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Sacrificing the goat. You will. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of this podcast today. Okay. <laughs> Let us, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Uh, I loved it. So I have a lot of thoughts. Keith will be hopefully more eloquent than me because I'm I'm trying to parse them all right now. Not only was it the best acting we've seen from Dylan, uh, I think that I, I haven't been able to catalog them all right here in my mind, but in recent memory, I'll say, if not in the entire run of the show, this has been the most realistic and well portrayed, the whole arc, specifically this episode, uh, thesis statement of the show, right? We used to try to do it in those bar scenes, and now we've been able to find a way to integrate it into the two main cases of the episode and show the ramifications morally, legally, ethically. Um, I don't, it, we didn't do it, which, and sometimes when we, when we take on cases where we're, we're kind of representing the bad guy or the, or the, the moral bad guy, let's say, the ethical bad guy, we they they frame us as sort of a villain that or they they overplay the hand right they like almost crook the camera like old batman series it, and that wasn't the case here we knew it was a struggle but we also knew it was our duty even in bobby defending it to the priest uh in the bathroom and his clothes was like magical bobby you know he that was basically all he could do right even though he knew he had a little bit of extra piece of of of, of information because the guy basically admitted it, but 
as he said, he even parsed it in the closing, like what's been presented in this courtroom today. Right. Uh, I just thought that that yes, it's it's there's it's slightly over dramatized. It's television, but that is what's going on every day in our our justice system, every single day. That's the whole point of this show, right? And sometimes we got somebody we really want to defend because they're they're being accused wrongfully. And sometimes we are defending vigorously people because Swakheim said we had to. Uh, I thought in the other case, the point of that was true. Like, look, you and I have spoken about religion ad, ad nauseum, but here, but at the end of the day, we still believe in your, in your, your right to, to practice freely and to just out of context, c condemn somebody, their behavior because we think it's outrageous. Well, that's, you know, we could make, they, people made that judgment on people's sexuality not but a couple years ago and tried to prove that legally in court and so taste and those type of things change in our country and uh this seemed unfairly uh persecutorial uh persecutorial sure yeah anyway uh and i thought the way Eleanor dealt with it and run the case. I thought it was I thought it was great. And I thought the use of footage, though visceral, was a good juxtaposition to show that, you know, what I said in the oopsies there is that look, the truth is we're all hypocritical. We're all hypocrites in one way or the other. Our legal system is founded, our whole country's basically a big big hypocrisy, but we're just trying to we're trying to the legal system at its core is trying to set up hard and fast rules, but with enough loopholes that there can be some adjustment even though we want it to be rigid, right? It's like a, it's a conundrum. So I think it's awesome. In the Bobby case, the nit I have is that I, it's hard not to put yourself in the jury, right? And as a juror, like you said, if that's a murder case, I'm 100% there, right? Uh, there's one you need to sh i need to feel beyond a shadow of a doubt but in this kind of in a in a in a in a one witness rape here aren't we he said we we're the superpowers right or then he said something in his clothes about like you're the the hero right you have right, to be the hero right. he's right but i take that as uh, it's because no one was there to witness it we have to protect these kids we got to protect this kid and yes it is he said she said and yes, there's no forensic evidence. And yeah, maybe he's a fuck up in school and like, or he lied one time or smoked weed one time. But like, clearly this kid, this guy got, this kid raped him. They showed no reason why he would have lied. They showed no reason why he would accuse this guy. They showed no reason why the mom, he didn't, the kid didn't say, oh, he beat me so much, right? Like they didn't, I just, I don't think it serves the plot, the narrative as much as as the writers thought it did, because mm -hmm. the same Bobby's struggle is the same if he loses the case, right? And then right. it even puts a different. So we, I did all that. I, I basically sold my soul or whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's what Bobby's struggling with, and I lost anyway, right? Right, right. Um, and then and I question a little bit like why Swakheim that look like what was that look supposed to tell us at the end that seemed a little heavy handed I didn't quite catch what that was but let me I was some other some other compliments I want to throw out the perform performances astounding 
the restraint showed, the direction of this episode. Shout out the director again from IMDb. Uh, Christina Musry. I thought it was excellent. The restraint in the scoring choices, the restraint in certain things, not having Jimmy throw a punch at the end, not having the guy, not having Bobby do anything at the end. The subtle touch of having Eleanor he Helen step in front of the defendant so that the right. so that yeah. we could see the kid because we could see the kid struggling slightly. Uh, none of that was telegraphed. None of it was overt or or too big. Uh, it was all subtle but effective. It helped. Yeah. Um, the use, the way they, where they set the camera, how the 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 focusing was done, all of it really excellent. Subtle touches, like I don't, I'm not gonna, you know, some of the, like you had mentioned during the run of the course, like what 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 portraits were hung, how the set was dressed in certain rooms, like who's, it's all. Sometimes it feels a little like not paid attention to, uh, i.e., seven hundred bottles of grape jelly. But in some episodes, it feels intentional, and that if you want to go that extra deep uh, well and 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 interpret some uh, political overtones, you could very well find them. I thought this was, and as the close of an arc, I don't know the close, uh, but as the continuation of a really specific arc about a taboo taboo subject, religion. Uh, sexual abuse. It was handled with with respect and and care. I thought, but also in in not a specific viewpoint, not like a here's what you should think. But that can sometimes feel like a cop out. But in somehow they were able to frame it that hypocrisy, the sort of two sidedness, the gray area as a thesis statement, and sometimes the question. There are no answers to the question, right? And that's the thing. And and I thought that was like so well done. I don't know. Uh, I think it's pretty close to a masterpiece episode. I'm gonna go 9.3 spare tires. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I felt strongly about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's not an episode that you feel not strongly about. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a really, uh, it gets in there kind of an episode. Um, yeah. So I, I, I agree with you, uh, on all of that. I think particularly, I, I, I thought your points about the direction of it were really well put. Um, and I, and I agree with it. And I think, um, you know, both of these cases are continuing some of the themes of the season, you know, about, about freedom of religion. Right. And because we, we just did the Christian science case and sort of debating about um, where does, what are the boundaries of religious freedom in this country? And I think that the, uh, you know, it really comes down to we know that we have the freedom to believe whatever we want, anything. However, we do not have the freedom to do anything regardless of what we believe and sort of pushing the boundaries on that. And this is a, and this case was interesting because I think that the, um, we, the, we had the interjection of, uh, you know, because we're saying like, Hey, you know, it's against the law to be cruel to animals. Well, but we all are. So is that, you know, can we draw the line here 
and not get into scientific testing and not into hunting and not into our, our, our food processing situation, which, you know, I, like, like I said, I think that within the bounds of the case, Eleanor did exactly the right thing, but hopefully maybe an episode like this makes us think like, well, as opposed to saying, well, everybody just like, let's, let's all go for it. scot free. Like I said before, maybe we should reexamine whether there's any excuse for cruelty, regardless of whether it's religious or commercial or entertainment, whatever it is, and uh, start to re-examine those things. Um, on the uh, on Bobby's case, um, I think, like you said, this is a really good distillation of the difficulties of being a defense attorney and what your obligations are and what role you play in the system um you know as far as his priests outrage um about the hypocrisy of that to this i say spare me your fucking outrage because fuck you and i'll tell you why <laughs> the legal process that bobby is a part of is designed specifically to to protect the innocent and is occasionally going to err on the side of innocent and the consequence of that sometimes are bad shit happens while you're trying to protect the innocent and sometimes a guilty person goes free that is better than an innocent person being found guilty there is a system we have agreed to this as a way to protect people protect the innocent what the Catholic Church did and what Bobby is a pissed about is that protecting the abusers, they were protecting the guilty. Their system, their behavior was designed not to protect the innocent, i.e. the victims. It, what their behaviors were, were to protect the guilty directly. Not, I'm going to protect the innocent and by accident sometimes protect the guilty. They were specifically and intentionally protecting the guilty. So it is not a fair comparison to which I say, Fuck off. I don't uh, disagree with you. However, I, I don't I can't tell. Are you condemning the writing for that? Because No. No, no, I, no. Okay, I'm not condemning okay. No, I'm not condemning the writing at all. Because I I'm, feel that they they I, I, I thought you know, what let, let me just interject yeah, 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 yeah. and you can comment on it. I feel like that when they have the priest in a subsequent scene basically say admit to I this is a my this is personal because I, you're what you're saying right now I'm I always thought of the the church as my parish and so Bobby's Bobby's anger towards the situation he's taking personally rather than where it's designed you know right. or where it's intended right no and I and I I think if I have any criticism of the writing is I wish they had made that point a little harder mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that the uh, you know, the priest does come back a little bit and be like, yeah, I was a little uh, coming off a little half cocked there. But I think it, it could have been, you know, uh, what is the objective of the of what's happening right here? Are we design are, are we trying to protect the guilty or are we trying to protect the innocent? And there are going to be consequences to both sides. And I think that um, I and I think the question he leaves with Bobby is unfair. I mean, that's not the writing, but it's unfair to say. We need this. We need defense attorneys, but they shouldn't be Catholic people because is that any way for or, like a or, man of faith? We need yeah. defense attorneys, but it but it shouldn't be you. Like it, <laughs> it should it should it should only be bad people. Yeah, and 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 which you know and look, let me let me be very clear. 
what happened at, in the outcome of this case was a travesty. And this, you know, this character should have been punished like you wouldn't believe. Like you wouldn't believe. And it is absolutely a tragedy. Yes, because that it worked in a, out the an way episode we lauded for its restraint, they couldn't, they just couldn't resist that gotcha ending a little bit just to like prove some point that it doesn't really prove. Although, although I think we're looking at that that outcome being unrealistic through the lens of 2021 and not of 2002. Fair. Because we are post-reckoning and, you know, d- deciding that, hey, you know what, we why don't we believe the victims? And back in 2002, that was the, the, the obligation was on the victim to prove it, not on, it, and, and so it was, uh, I think in 2002, that was a more believable verdict that we got than it would be necessarily today. Because you and I watching, like, how could we not believe him? Well, we're but in I, the midst of, let's not say post. In the we're midst, in the midst of, of, Yeah, we're not yeah. post anything. We'll never be posted. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're right. You're right. Um, but uh, all that, uh, all that said, I mean, I think it's a very, I think it's a very good episode. I think it was very well written, very well acted. Um, I like the continuation of this debate. I wish, you know, there's, there's a part of this that David E. Kelly still has not internalized the importance of the defense attorney's role in the justice system. He gives, like, he he articulates that side of it, but I still think he's wrestling with it as opposed to having accepted that it's a necessary part of the process. Um, and it shows up a little bit here in the lack of clear articulation of the difference uh, of, of why the priest's accusation of hypocrisy isn't an apples to apples, why that doesn't really make sense. Um, that I would have liked to have seen that articulated a little better. That said, it's a, it's a very good episode. Um, I don't think I'm a 9.3, but I'm going to give it a, an 8.9. Okay. That's so, good. Uh, that's a good average there. That's a very, very good average. Uh, we'll, last... we'll, talk, we'll talk about it later. Uh, when yeah. we, when we talk about the, I guess this not just the season, but the 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 show as a whole, we're getting to that yeah. point. It'll be some time off, but uh, we're getting there. Um, hold on, where's my two shot? My two yeah, shot. Yeah, it's it is time to uh, deal with the Easter egg. Yeah, yeah. But before that, I want to say that like one, the other thing that I think that the show as a whole has never really reckoned with is um, the pacing of wins, and I don't mean winning cases. I mean like. Mm. As an audience, you know, as a writer, Keith, you know, like you need to give moments where your audience feels like celebratory and that like uh-huh. we've accomplished something like like a, a relief from the tension. We thought we were getting that with the Rebecca uh, is going to uh, try get Lindsay out of prison, things like that. Or like when Bobby gets engaged, you know, things things yeah. to celebrate. Yeah. And they really ha- never found their groove as to like when to dole those out. We don't get them it's very It's been a little often. grim this season, yeah. And and they 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 could have had one here where like at least we could have felt some sense of justice that this guy despite Bobby's best efforts still gets what he deserves. And that doesn't that doesn't kneecap your point. That doesn't kneecap the thesis statement of the episode at all by just doling out a realistic or at least just give the audience something. They always want to leave you with and I get that's the tone they're going for, but I just felt like that's been 
a little bit inconsistent. It's hard to like, and I think often they they think that by putting in those bullshit comedy beats, that serves that purpose where that's right. a different feeling entirely. So Mike thinks we need a win. Stay tuned next week to see if we get a win. But Let's we got deal this with the guy. Easter egg. We got this guy. Yeah, Anton. what does that mean, Mike? Anton, yes. he's, star, he's Russian. He plays Chekhov, who is Russian, and he's from Star Trek. Very literal. That's right. I <laughs> did a, But you didn't get it. You're right. You didn't get Even it. Even though it was on so. the slate, I should have seen it. It was on the slate. There it is. Well, folks, if you have enjoyed our brand of nonsense, uh, yeah, yeah, I did a little teaser there for our yeah, nice. new teaser. Uh-huh. Check us out on the Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice. You can Out of Practice Podcast. You can also email us at Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com. Please leave a note at the memorial. Sign in. And leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. Send us an email. Let us know that it's there so we can read it and welcome you to the jury. And thank you. And speaking of people we like to thank, we'd like to thank our founding sponsors, Jorge Novoa, Cloud Lover 69, Leanne Wright, Jennifer Masanova, and Ari Kuhn. Did you know Pete's mom, you can be one of them? Don't just leave us a comment on the on the reviews. Send us some money, Pete's mom, for the love of God. You can do so by clicking the uh, show notes to leave us a one-time donation or a monthly contribution. You can also check out our Star Trek show where we look at Pete's Star Trek toys and so much more. In addition, let me just say, for the first of my many shitty... Uh, Go aways for the episodes. No more QR codes. First thing, set your phasers to fun. Join us for this binge week and shoot off some laser sounds. Laser sounds.